0: The scripture reading this morning is from Malachi chapter 2 verse 17 and we'll read into chapter 3 verse 5. Let's read these verses together. Malachi chapter 2 verse 17 We have varied the Lord with your word But you see, how have we worried him? By saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord. And he delights in them. Oh, by asking, where is the God of justice? Behold, I sent my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, his coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and pur- pur- purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like a gold and silver, and they will bring off- offerings in their righteous- righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers against the idolaters, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust against the sojourner and do not fear me, said the Lord of hosts. And so far with the scripture reading and the text is also this, for this morning is also based on Malachi chapter three and on the verses we just read, verse one to verse five. Now let's sing hymn seventy, stands two, one and two of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christmas is a day that many people eagerly looking forward to every year as we enter December people start to shop frantically in preparation for christmas many people who celebrate christmas cannot wait to count down the days on their fingers so that christmas arrives tomorrow this eagerness for christmas is not just ours and it was even more so in the days of Malachi in the Old Testament time. But the difference is that the people in the Malachi's time were so impatient for Christmas that they began complaining and were ready to give up. Why were they complaining and giving up? It had been years since they had returned from exile to Jerusalem, yet their lives had not lived up to their expectation. What expectation? The expectation was the promise that uh, Haggai and Zechariah had uh, proclaimed to the people that God would bless them with the return of the nation's prosperity, national expansion, social peace, and the return of God's glory. Therefore, they took great pains to rebuild the temple, because the Lord promised to return to Zion and dwell on the holy mountain of Jerusalem, but they saw no evidence of this. Instead, the harsh reality was economic deprivation, persistent drought, crop failures, and pest epidemics. After the return of the captives, Judah remained a small piece of land, although the Jews had benefited somewhat from Persian open policy of a religious tolerance and limited autonomy. They still felt strongly that they had been subjugated by foreigners and subjected to their neighbors' hostility. Judah was no longer an independent nation, nor was it rude by the kings of the house of David. First of all, Israel was still spiritually impoverished despite God's promise that the Messiah would come and that God's glory would again be present. Instead of seeing any sign that the Messiah would come, they saw the bad prospering and the good suffering. So they conclude that the Lord loves terrible people who do bad things. In their cynicism, they ask, where is the God of justice? This question seems to be an indictment of God, accusing him of abandonment. It is strange, isn't it? That those who ignore God should be so quick to blame him when they suffer the consequences of their own actions. Who has abandoned whom here? We know the correct answer is the same today as in Malachi's day. In response to the questioning of his own people, God gives the answer in our text through the mouth of the prophet Malachi. In essence, the answer is astonishing. God's answer is, in fact, you want me? Well, I'm coming. I'm coming in person. I will walk through your streets, I will bring purity and truth. I will visit my temple and I will judge. But first, I will send a messenger before me to open the way for me. And this is the basic message of our text in Malachi chapter 3, from verses 1 to 5. We find it fulfilled in our Lord Jesus who came this way. Therefore, I preach to you this morning under this theme. Jesus is coming imminently. Under this theme, we will have a three points to share. At the first point, the messenger paves his way. At the second, he will cleanse his people. And at the last point, he will judge the evil ones. Now, the first point, the messenger opens the way for him. In the first words, the Lord of hosts says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. The word behold draws particularly attention to the following words. In those days, roads were often marginal, so kings would send men ahead to pave them, to fill in potholes, and remove stones and other obstacles. As it was, the Lord sent a messenger to prepare his way so that he could come to his temple. But of course, the preparation of the Lord's coming will be spiritual, not physical. First, people need to repent of their sins then our lives in crooked and rough places must be smoothed out. What Malachi had in mind was a spiritual purging, the only proper Christmas preparation for the coming of the Messiah. And this verse does not tell us who this messenger is. But, chapter 4, Malachi, chapter 4, verse 5, identifies him as Elijah. In Matthew, chapter 11, Jesus refers to those words as it clearly identifies this messenger mentioned by Malachi as John the Baptist. He was sent to prepare the way for Jesus' first coming, the first Christmas, by, per- by preaching A baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Christmas 2022 is almost upon us. But let us not forget that the Lord could come again any day now. So we must not only prepare for Christmas 2022, but also be ready to prepare ourselves at all times because it could also come again tonight or tomorrow. What are we preparing for? Just that the most important ingredient in the preparing for Christmas is not hanging light on the eaves and trees in the yard, buying lots of presents for the children or grandchildren and preparing a Christmas family party. The most important ingredient in preparing for Christmas is repentance and faith. Like the Israelites, we must repent and do a spiritual house cleaning so that we will become, we will welcome Messiah ready. Just as we will be ready for the bride of her husband. Are you ready, brothers and sisters, for Christmas 2022? Are you prepared to welcome Jesus Christ if he comes again today or tomorrow? Has your spiritual house been cleaned and put in order? Have you repented and truly turn to Christ in faith and obedience. There's no other way. It's the only way to be ready to receive the Lord. This brings us to the second point. He will cleanse us. The second half of the first word says, and the Lord whom you will you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming. The Lord and the messenger of the covenant in this statement refers to the same person, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. This up describes Jesus Christ who brings us the covenant of promise although the Lord will come suddenly to his temple, it will not be without notice. First, he will be heralded by his messenger, John the Baptist, proclaiming the coming of the Messiah and his kingdom and calling all to repentance and readiness. Isaiah had also prophesied this to 150 years before Malachi. Sadly, not only did the Israelites not listen to the voice of John the Baptist, but they also did not know Jesus who cleanses of his father's house, paved the way for himself to the cross of Calvary. Most of the people at that time missed their Messiah and were put under the Penalty as prophesied. But the small remnant of Israel who received and accepted, believed Jesus' message of salvation at his first advent received the fulfillment of the promise, the forgiveness of sins, and the promise of eternal life. They became the blessed ones who lay who laid the foundations for the New Testament church age. Just as all who believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection are no longer condemned, but are made a new creature in him. Christ took the punishment for the sins of all who believe in the name of God's Son for salvation. God's wrath was poured out on him in our place. For his sake, those in Christ Jesus are no longer condemned. The second verse says, but who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like fuller's soap. The day of his coming refers to the great and awesome day of the Lord come. The day of the Lord is an eschatological end of time event that will bring judgment to the guilty and salvation to the faithful. The day of the Lord is mentioned several times in the prophet, prophets. Malachi's prophecy of judgment still needs to await its final fulfillment on the day of Christ's return. At that time, people will ask the terrible questions, who can endure the day of his return and who can stand at his appearance? This statement suggested a great test, a test of fire, the expected answer is that no one can endure it, or that few are ready for such a test, for it is like a refiner's fire. The image here is of a man who refines metal by melting it over fire. As the metal melts, the pure metal remains at the bottom while the impurities float to the top and are drawn out and discarded. Metal refineries are hot, dirty, and dangerous places. The process of purified metal is uncomfortable at best and deadly at worst. And also it will be when the Lord comes, first he will separate the clean from the unclean by fire, and then draw out and cast away the dirty. The Lord makes his people worthy of his presence through his refining process. Verse 2c says that he's also like a fuller's soap. It is not the soap we use for face washing, but cleaning lye that is corrosive and quite effective in producing bright white clothing. When Christ returns, he will cleanse the world of its uncleanness. Every stain of sin will be washed away. The account of Jesus' transfiguration refers to his purity using language similar to Malachi's. Before them, his clothes became radiant, intensively white, as no one on earth could bleach them. Jesus' goal will be to judge evil and purify his people. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of a silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Like a fire that refines people, he will burn away the impurity of the priests like a live washing, he will wash away their filth. The priest will then be able to offer sacrifices from a pure heart. The offerings at that time will be similar to those made at the beginning of the temple. Once the church leaders are purified, they will not only be able to offer sacrifices of righteousness, but they will also be able to begin to purify Judah and Jerusalem. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. In the days of old and in former years here, Malachi is thinking of Solomon's time as the ideal age. The refining fire and the washing soap indicate the divine and burning judgment of the messiah at his second coming to rule in the new jerusalem his purifying brightness and absolute holiness will influence those who serve him and make a clean temple and a purified priesthood behold the lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense recompenses before him. At the second coming of Christ, God will purge the wicked and purify the remnant of Israel. The wicked will be Baptized with the fire of judgment and receive eternal condemnation while the whole tribe of Christ believing in Israel will be restored. The refining fire of judgment will burn away all dress and disobedience and the washing soap will spiritually purify Israel's nation. Those who believe in Christ for salvation will not be condemned. But those who do not believe in the only begotten Son of God are already condemned. And this leads us to the last point, he will judge the evil one. Look at the verse 5a, it says, Then I will draw near to you for judgment. As mentioned above, the process of refining separates the metal from its impurity, which are drawn out and discarded. In the same way, purifying God's people will result in some being purified and others being judged, condemned. God here tells them that he will Hasten the time of judgment and come upon them quickly because of prevalent sins. Suppose that they do not repent and change their conduct unless under the gospel proclamation of the forerunners of the Messiah, the Messiah himself, his apostles, and other servants. In that case, he will proceed to remove them together. In verse 5b, it says, I will be a swift witness. Only God can witness and judge, for he alone can see all that men do without anyone having to testify against them. For he can convict them himself, for he watches over their most secret sins as they occur. And at verse 5c, it says, against the sorcerers, against idolaters, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired workers in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me. The sins enumerated in this verse were prevalent in Malachi's day. Susus, dreamers, and those who consulted the oracles in the temples of idols, and those who falsely prophesied and oppressed the high workers in his wages are also condemned in Nehemiah and Zechariah. It is also mentioned in Nehemiah chapter 10 that their marrying foreign women and driving out their former wives to make room for them was no less than idolatry and a violation of the Solomon vows they had made to themselves. The same sins prevailed before and after the first coming of Christ until the destruction of Jerusalem. No people were more fond of using charms, divination, and fortune-telling than the Jews was at that time. Idolatry was so common that the Sanhedrin no longer ordained the trials of idolaters and fornicators. As a result, the Romans wreaked terrible destruction on them when Jerusalem was taken, causing unprecedented damage to Israel, which had not happened to any nation. Although the words of this verse were directed at the nation of Israel, they are also directed at modern Christians. Israel accuses God of allowing the wicked to prosper and not enforcing enough justice in the world. God's answer reminds Israel and us that the first thing we need to be aware of is our own sin and to repent of it. The day of Jesus' second coming for final judgment is near. Judgment. Judgment is about to come upon everyone. In verse 5, God's response is, Be careful what you wish for. Praying for God to deal with the world's sin means praying that God will deal with the sins in us and our own lives first and most. Brothers and sisters, things have not changed much since the since the days of Malachi, or John the Baptist. Our world is still full of of, of sin. Satan is still um, proud, looking for people to devour. Why did the prophet Malachi ask, who will be able to stand in the days when Jesus comes? Who will be able to stand when it appears, appears? It is because too many people are not prepared for Christmas 2022. If Christ returns today and tomorrow, many people are not ready to receive him. And those of these people are members of the church. This is why we need to listen carefully to the, messages, to the message of Malachi and John. They help us prepare for the Lord's return on the day of judgment by reminding us to repent of our sins, rejoice in our salvation, and then respond with an offering of love and thanksgiving. By preparing for the Lord's return in this way, Jesus will soon return. Another Christmas is fast approaching. And day now, the Lord could come again, but we would better be ready. John the Baptist said in Matthew chapter three, verse twelve, "The Lord is coming; he has winnowing basket in his hand to lift up the clean field of wheat and gather it into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff." With unquenchable fire. We'd better take heed of his warning seriously. Amen.